Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ahoy there, me hearties. Ahoy there, me hearties. Um, uh, welcome to Shiver Shiver Matimbers. Welcome to We Have Ways of Making You Sail special with uh, me, Al Murray, and James Holland, of course. And James, I mean, the, the chuckles and levity because um, we are, nevertheless, somewhere very serious and heavyweight. And Yeah, we are. Uh, this is absolutely... Um, extraordinary where we are and the stuff the things we have seen before already, ar- already already before we get to talk about things we're going to talk about so jim explain where we are and who we're with okay so we're, we're at the naval historical branch in the historic dockyard in portsmouth with um my old pal steve prince and steve and i go back a, a, a fair old way now it has to be said to i think a battlefield tour in in northern italy at one point on the gothic line and um, we kept in touch ever since, and I've been down here researching loads of times, and it's absolutely one of my favourite places to come and visit because just getting here... I mean, outside, we've got both modern aircraft carriers, yeah. we've got Victory, we've got Mary Rose, Certainly, we've got the Warrior, we've as got... We, we wandered up from the gates. Um, uh, as we wandered up from the gates, you know, and we, you sign in at the guardroom or whatever. What, what's the naval equivalent of a guardroom? I don't know. It'll do. We sign in at the guardroom, and there are the t- there's there's the, the two air the two aircraft carriers, and it's very rare to get the yeah. the pair. Oh, they're it? both in today. Yeah, quite <laughs> extraordinary. But 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 Steve, how long have you worked here? So I have worked here since two thousand and one. Right. So I am a very long term inmate of Naval Historical. Yeah, think, is there a file on you yet? Have you oh been yeah, here that absolutely. Long? <laughs> yeah, but I know where it is, and I'm not going to let anybody else see it. So. But 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 Steve attended what used to be the Imperial War College. So yeah, I was very fortunate a couple of years ago that I got to go to the Royal College of Defence Studies, which was the Imperial Defence College uh, back, back in the, the day, which is era. up in um, um, Belgrave Square. Belgrave Square, right. and it's and it's a super duper thing, and it's where generals go and admirals go and all the rest of it. So you're now equivalent in rank to a the captain, but equivalence is a very old thing. So I wouldn't what, worry a naval about captain. that. Yeah. So in yeah. charge of things, unlike an army captain. Yeah. <laughs> you might say that. But, <laughs> but, but anyway, but, 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 but I'm, what I'm really stressing, Steve, mm. is that you've got proper creds. Um, well, you might... Fine, that's very kind of you to say so, mate. But, it, I mean, it's a really interesting job because it is a straddle between history, professional historian, and policy advice, which is what I'm here for. Uh, and so the branch was established as part of Churchill taking over the Admiralty in 1911. So establishment of the naval staff, and as part of that, he insisted on there being a historical branch. Churchill um, loves history. He does. And your job is to be the kind of stock of argument and evidence to effectively stress test whatever we're doing today. So a lot of my job is red teaming current defence policy, current plans, logic testing Gosh. it. Historical Ota, precedent. Oh, to have been a fly on the wall here 40 years ago with the Falklands going on. Absolutely. And, and interestingly enough, one of my, my predecessor, David Brown, the late David Brown, um, was the guy who kept the war diary for the Falklands War Gosh. in London. But Steve, you also, you also name ships, don't you? Uh, it, well, only the Queen names ships. Well, I know, but you know I, what I mean, but you advise. I help recommend the names that go up through the First Sea Lord and well, are then submitted to the Queen. So is there a post-it note on your desk with names for ships? 
<laughs> Possible names. Well, it's been fun. Though, though, of course, the thing Al, we should say, has seen here today is the badge for HMS Murray. I know. What a thing. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking I might adopt that as a, as a personal crest, I think. I think uh, we could, yeah, get you a copy of that. That would be brilliant. Um, so so, so what is, what's here at the historical branch then? So, so if it's contemporary, so the, the, there's... there's there's some lo- locked door with a list of um, all the secrets that we must we must never know, but then there's also because we're going to get to it in a minute because on on the desk we have these extraordinary documents with us. What else is in the archive here? So effectively, the the job of the archive is a living archive. So every month the archive is growing, and that is what the Royal Navy, be it ships, be it commando forces, be it submarines, are out doing around the world. So their reporting comes back to the branch. And I've got a very good curator, Kate Brett, who then looks after, curates, sorts it all archivally. And that becomes the kind of the memory, the institutional memory for policy making, for legal disclosure, all of that. And we will hang on to most of that for 20 to 30 years. And then the majority of it will go to the National Archive of Kew. Some things will be retained for security or because Kew only takes a small fraction of the information that's created, more and more of it the rest of it will then stay with us. And that's why you've got some sources you saw particularly today in the library that you're going back several hundred years. Yeah. Um, and some of the documents, particularly where either Q didn't want them or where we're on, uh, Q's got a copy and we've got a copy of many documents relating particularly to the First and the Second World War. Yeah. But Steve, I mean, one of, the, one of the concerns about sort of modern times is that everything's digitised and it's all on email and it's all, you know, there's no sort of paper copy. So how do you, how do you store current naval records? So it, it is a huge electronic effort. Um, and we're absolutely, you know, so very heavily committed to that uh, and, to secure, and to IT at the different levels of security in order to make it work. But as one of my colleagues uh, used to say before he retired, paper doesn't crash. So the really important documents we will still retain in hard copy. And print um, off. Yeah. I mean, you're unique in the fact that you're both an archive and an open end and, and an ongoing archival. Because, because you, very often you think of things as... You know, being being detached from the thing that they're uh, a history of, if you if if you will, that you're that you're f- feeding directly into the archive, and there's no mediation. There's no that that is that, I mean, is it, that that's I quite peculiar. Isn't it, it might not be unique, but it, it's pretty rare. Um, and I guess air historical is the closest equivalent. But there's no army historical. That there is an army historical branch. It's gone under other names. But a- absolutely, we probably do the most intimate with the naval staff and advice. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, after all, the army's got its issue of regiments and stuff anyway. That it's sort of fractalized in that respect. Whereas the, the, the navy yeah. doesn't. No, we don't have there quite is, the same. Work like there are the different tribes, and of course you've got the submarine service, yeah. the fleet air arm, that sort of thing, but it's not nearly as and hard marines and all yeah, yeah, exactly. The different fighting arms, but it's not like the army with the regimental system. Yeah, which is, which gets reformed every three quarters of an hour anyway, so God knows how they keep track of, <laughs> track of it all. Uh, um, so, I mean, the things we've seen... I mean, we've been in. A, we went beyond the door that said no mobile phones, no photography. Which yeah, um, so we left those. Given behind. some of the young people who work on this podcast was a bit of a wrench, and um, <laughs> uh, uh, we've seen extraordinary stuff through those doors, haven't we, Jim? Yeah, it's amazing. It, it's it's a you know, if you're a history nut at all, this is an absolute Aladdin's cave, isn't it? You open those doors, and then it's sort of it is like you were saying, Steve. It's a bit like the um, last scene of um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well, and it is a bit because you've just got row well, upon well, row. Well, the first row. Well, the first built uh, room we walked into the shelves have there's box boxes long obviously long box files which contain every ship mm-hmm. as far as i could tell and Since there the were, war. and there were uh, i don't know eight ark royal boxes in a row and that's the that's the depth of the stuff here, right? And then there's huge shelves with just sort of medical journals and, 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 and RFA logs, logs yep. and Admiralty fleet orders. So yes. one of the other things you've got here is you've got the operational records, some of the policy records. The key stuff will go to queue, or we'll keep copies of it. Um, but you'll also have things like the Admiralty fleet orders. Yeah. So you've got the stuff that you need to kind of try and help interpret the past. Yeah, uh, and therefore make sense of perhaps why one person was promoted or and another one wasn't. You could perhaps look at the Admiralty Fleet order and go, oh, okay. If you were over a certain age, that would explain why. Yeah, 
um, or who was eligible for a course or how things were determined. Yeah, I mean, I, I said to you, Steve, didn't I, that, you know, if one was to um, want to do a new history of the uh, Battle of the Atlantic, the Atlantic War in, in, in the Second World War, could you kind of sort of plonk yourself here for a month and, and, and do it? And you said, yes. <laughs> I, I think I may have bought myself a new resident for a month. Um, absolutely. Maybe. I, I think you, this could be one of the, the centres in the world that you could do it from. Um, the thing about the Battle of the Atlantic, we're going to talk about it as we have Ways Fest, is it is just such an international story yes. that I think it's very hard to do it from one national archive. But I think because it, the Battle of the Atlantic was so central for Britain um, and the organisation of national, international, neutral resources... Um, this would probably be, you know, a really good place to start. Uh, and, and I mean, I've been here before and looked at German U-boat stuff and U-boat logs and, and all sorts of bits and pieces. And there's all sorts of so there Admiralty are, records. Yeah, so there are, yes, how much of it's stolen? That's the, yeah. uh, that's the that's what James is trying to ask. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think there is a certain amount that is prizes of war. Yeah, okay, um, yeah, let's, fine. let's put it across like that. Uh, but what you have had, so say with the German records, is you then had uh, subsequently kind of joint copying projects, um, so that both the originating country and the capturing country have been left with copies. Yeah. So that that was the sort of the, the modus that allowed everybody to be happy at the yes, end of, of the course, day. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, but it was really important things for the Admiralty, like trying to investigate U-boats to try and work out what had been effective in the Second World War. Yeah. You're, you're trying to work out what actually killed the U-boat. Was it a mine? Was it an mm. aircraft? Was it ships? What combination? Because that was helping to determine what choices you're making in technology and investment going forward. Yeah. Well, which, which uh, uh, speaks to how this isn't... You know, it's not just historical is an interesting word in this context. It makes you think it's a maybe adjacent to a museum, but it isn't. It's a it's a, a, an ongoing resource yeah. for the institution that, that, yeah. it, that it's so, a so part of. So absolutely, I see my job. I'm one of the assistant directors of the naval staff. Yeah, and I then I'm the head of the naval historical branch, not the other way around. Yeah, because it's the naval staff that should drive my business and yeah. drives the, the internal role for me. Now, I think what that means is. And I say to my team, a lot of it is we are trying to ensure that the right stuff is captured at the point of when it happens contemporaneously, yeah. because that's going to secure the best long-term historical record for everybody else yeah. down the line. But, but but I've always kind of thought, you know, people say, say to you, what's the point of studying history? Well, the point of studying history is so that you can make sense of the present and of the present and prepare for the future, and that that's embodied here, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's the essence of my job. If I'm not doing <clears throat> that, then. There's but away from question mark. away from you know a bit the, the big campaigns or the Battle of the Atlantic. If your if your grandpa is a rating um, who served on you think HMS Bellorophon or whatever, um, uh, can, Murray or, or HMS Murray, can you find him here? Um, you, you can't because the personnel records would still be through Q or if they're retained, depending on the DPA. But let's say you know. But, what yeah. you could do is once you've got that record or with what you've got... You could illuminate could, it. Exactly. Yeah, right. yeah, we could try and unpack it for you so and make sense you'd of it. You'd go get the ship file out. You'd get the Admiralty uh, uh, fleet orders from the year, you're, the campaign you're looking at, and you'd be able to create a context in which, the, in which that rating was living and working and fighting. Absolutely. And one of the things I'm aware... So, so the branch is set up where we can have public access. You've got to kind yeah. of pre-book it. But we're not set up primarily for the public. So the way I'm kind of trying to square that circle is as far as possible, you're trying to get the guides that will help people make sense of it and as much of the main primary material online so that it's a kind of self-help yes. as far as possible. But then absolutely we will help when required. But just to be clear, not every ship's log is retained. No, so let's take the example of the Second World War. So, let's say the, HMS Kelly, yeah. for example. So, in the 1950s, pretty much every ship's log was pulped below cruiser level because there was a view taken. It seems amazing to us that you know you didn't need them anymore. Who would be interested? Steve, to the uninitiated, it goes aircraft carrier, yeah. battleship. battleship. Cruiser. cruiser, so all the ones that you're Heavy looking at are things like destroyers, frigates, frigates uh, corvettes. corvettes, compass rows. Right. Strangely, submarines were retained 
Yeah. Right. Um, but so you can look at HMS Upholder, for example. But yeah, that's because they want to know what's gone on in the submarines. That not only do you not, you, not, you yeah, also exactly. you don't just want to know how to um, take out submarines. You want to know how to operate them as well, because that's very much the direction of travel in the. Yes, yeah, so it's becoming a more, war, yeah, yeah, more yeah, significant yeah, weapon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so right. Yes, because I think uh, you know, if if we were to go out to the street and say, what's the difference between a destroyer and a frigate? People, people might not know. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, let alone what's bigger a cruiser or but, but that so everything below cruiser yeah so the cruisers which are uh, seven eight ten thousand Belfast. tons sort of yeah your, your HMS Belfast they're retained but anything smaller than that so as you say HMS Kelly um, so Matt Batten's ship that wouldn't have been retained I mean isn't that just um, extraordinary I mean, yeah, it's I find incredible. Out, well, HMS Mary, that was a that was a yes, spoiler, wasn't yeah, it? You know, destroyer so basically all the ships that do the spade work in the Battle of the <clears> Atlantic. Gone. It's just, it's just, oh my God, it's unbelievable. I, I, every time I, I think about I, it, it just makes me want to... I mean, it's just... But but how many were, how many were there? How much bigger archive would you need if you retained all that those? many? And it 100 that, or so? What? Ships like well, 200 is, destroyers in the Second World War? Oh, no, I mean, you're looking at a stage where you have somewhere over four or 500 destroyers, okay, frigates, uh, corvettes, each well, producing a ship's log every month. Yeah, I know, but... You're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've, 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 retained, you've retained all those, you know, medical journals. I, I think the thing is, it depends on... Not you, and this is the problem that, that, you know, a once you've lost it, the decision to get rid of it only has to be made once. The yes. decision to retain it has to be an unbroken chain. Yes. Yeah. This is like the BBC wiping Doctor Who. Yes. Isn't it? it or get no, ready to go. No one yeah. thought anyone was ever going to want to watch it in 40 yeah. years' time. It's, it's that. It's well, that. it's also the BBC getting rid of Colour Sergeant Bourne. Right, exactly. When he was interviewed in the 1930s. I, I remember talking to you know, people at the IWM. Walks drift. Almost this idea that once the official histories were written, that would kind of be it for the Second World War. Yeah. You yeah. know, well, you've got the OH. That'll tell you the answer. What else yeah. is there to do with it? Yeah. Uh, it does seem extraordinary to us now. I think that, would, and I guess it just depends on you know the cost reward seen at the time, and is it your main business? So one of the other things that for me in the navy, I am the advocate for records. If you've got someone, so I will speak to, or one of my guys will speak to, every ship CO course going through, every junior RN staff course to get across to them why you do this and why it will matter in the future. Yeah. Because if they're convinced, that makes a real sort of step change in what's likely to be yeah. included and survive. God, I mean, it, it's so interesting, the idea of it, an archive, you know, that's alive and that is an, a, an existing resource rather than something for historians to use to write books with you, you, or, or PhDs with, it's it, it's that's secondary for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but it's very interesting to business. be to encounter yeah. thing that's that, that, that that's that way round. Yeah. Um, uh, right now, what have we got here on the in the, on the table in front of us then? Because the, these are uh, so I, we were talking about this earlier on. So um, and it's a really interesting story. So I was already thinking about this, and we'd already done some of the digitalization. But a bit of this is driven by the We Have Ways Fest. Um, and talking to people in the margins, many of whom want to know all sorts of issues, history, but there's always going to be an issue with access to resources, getting to the public record office at Kew, etc. So one of the things we'd already determined on, but we're having another push on, and we're intending to have up online before the end of the year, is the Admiralty War Diary. Uh, and we've got some volumes of it here. So it's, I think, 203 volumes compiled. Um, some were over 50,000 pages. And the great thing now is digitalization has moved on, yep. both in technology and cost, to the point where this has been able to done, you know, at, at a pretty modest price. And then behind this, we're looking at the four volumes of Stephen Roskill's official history mm -hmm. of the war at sea in the Second World War, and Susan Behrens, and you've talked about it before, Merchant Shipping and the Demands yeah. of War, to get them all digitalized. So because digitalization is a form of democratization yeah. and it is available for people, you know, with an internet connection, but at no cost. To yes, because trust me, key. getting a, a copy now of, of Merchant Shipping and Demands of War will cost you a pretty packet. Yeah. So it will have been a limited print run in the 1950s. You can go through what the library system. What do you reckon it would be? Like great. two and a half thousand or something like that? I yeah. mean, they're not. Yeah, it'll be in the low thousands. Yeah, blimey. And yeah. that's it. Um, so the sources blimey. that I think 
I can get out there. And the, the Admiralty War Diary, 50,000 pages, but we, we, we had a go at getting it up a couple of years ago and just the technology and the website wasn't quite there. So we're working on it now. Uh, and so I was saying to the team, what can I say on the podcast? And they absolutely assured me, end of the year. Right. Before the end of the year. But it has all been digitised already. So it's, a, so, so so it's, now it's, the, it's not that it's got to be digitised, it it's just the process of getting yeah. it so that the public can access it in a user-friendly and Absolutely. easy-to-see way. Yeah. How many copies of this are there? So there are two copies, one at Q and one here. Right. The okay. And they're all diary. typed up, and, and they're all typed up in and Courier on a typewriter, aren't they? And it's yeah, so, I mean, it, a diary together. is a kind of interesting term. And if you look in the, the front of number one, you will see the sort of missive that is given to the Admiralty right at the beginning of the war. War Diary, Admiralty. Note, the War Diary was established in accordance with a letter of 15th September 1939, C. Longhurst Cabinet Offices, at the request of Sir Edward Bridges to Captain E.D.B. McCarthy, RNDTSD, with regard to arrangements for keeping a diary to provide the groundwork of an official history, copy attached in brackets. So effectively, right at the beginning of the Second World War, they are saying... I know this isn't your main business, guys, but can you start thinking about systematically hanging on to a diary and, a doc- and the document? Dear so Ma- this, so, sorry, go on, you say. Dear McCarthy, at the request of Bridges, I enclose a draft of a letter for any observation you may wish to make. Subject to the approval of the Chairman of the Control of Official History Subcommittee, he proposes sending it to the permanent head of all departments concerned. Yours sincerely, signed C. Longhurst. So, so there's the. So the interesting thing about this is actually you were saying you know it's an operational archive and the historical is incidental in a sense. Yes. Whereas this at the beginning of World War Two they're putting the historical record yeah. up front. Yeah. To collect it as the driver, but during the war, what is plain is that for the Admiralty, this then becomes a really important, you know, source of keeping track of a worldwide war. Yep. Um, and effectively, there is a version of this done today. So at Northwood, you will have the duty fleet commander who will be there, the kind of desk officer for things going on around the world, and collecting documents or writing up what's happening during the day. Uh, And these are the things you then hand over at the end of your shift to the next guy or girl coming behind you. So so this is happening at at the Admiralty in Whitehall. Yeah. Because the Admiralty... So there's a desk clerk, is it? He's putting this together. So so this will be multiple Who decides what goes in? So so you will have probably a commander or a captain who is on watch, who is effectively running that, but with a team below them, mixed naval and civil servant. Uh, And and though it's called a diary, much of it is a diary, but also a compilation of kind of key signals or documents. And and the main reason day-to-day they're running it, beyond the historical, is that when I then come in to take over my shift in the operations room, I can use that to situate what's going on. And when a question comes up from the first Sea Lord or ministers, I can look back and go, ah, this is what happened two days ago, and that is why this ship is at this particular location, and that's why we took risk on her fuel in order to get her there quickly enough, and that's now a problem. So what day are you looking at at the moment, Alan? Well, this goes. This actually goes back into August, in, interestingly. So, yeah, so, so it looks like they've retrospectively... They've done a little bit of retrospective... Because they all know what's coming. And, well, so, uh, so also, so you know how you ended up where you got to, uh, I suppose, by, by whenever they start this. But for instance, 28th of, so 28th of August 1939, foreign stations, Mediterranean, withdrawal of destroyers. Possibility of enemy submarines operating in South Atlantic, essential to have some destroyers there. Regret necessary to provide this force at your expense to make up in time for withdrawal of 4th Division from Eastern Mediterranean. A division from China is to join CNC East Indies to relieve one of the half-flotillas now there. HMS Kelly being sent to you. There you go. <laughs> the First Sea Lord, um, and that's, uh, I think, is an order 1722-28. So, I mean... So this is, this is you know, live what is happening. Yeah. And, and the, the difference between the Admiralty and the War Office and the Air Ministry is the Admiralty is an operational HQ. Yeah. So whereas the Army and the Air Force are allocating chunks of forces mm. to theatre commanders like Middle East or Far East, uh, and they are then getting on with their resources within theatre, the difference for the Admiralty is you are constantly, in real time, moving assets between the different commands got you reallocating and i guess then the ultimate example of that as the war goes on is force h based on gibraltar mm. which is able to pivot you know into the mediterranean or back out into the atlantic as required gosh and uh, this is i mean this is 
absolutely. I mean, it's more than a more than um, a page a day. So, but it uh, is. To, and what sort of things are they putting in there? I mean, give me an example. Well, okay. Um, uh, this is the twentieth September thirty-nine, uh, which is which was a Wednesday. Home commands U twenty-seven destroyed. M.01099293/39, uh, so that's... Signal reference. That, that's that's, that's the... Yeah. Yep. German submarine U-27 destruction of information gained from survivors. Submarine U-27 sunk in position 185 um, uh, longitude. Um, I, I think... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at reading these. Um, uh, having been attacked by HMS Fortune and, pick, and picking up survivors. So this is the signal. And picking up survivors. Uh, this is the captain. No preliminary interrogation of survivors to be carried out, etc. CNC Home Fleet 055-2020. Intend sending fearless to Kirkwall with prisoners, six officers, 32 men, apparently whole crew. So uh, absolutely, uh, that, that's fine point detail of, of what's gone on. And what you'll find, of course, is the diary as the, the sort of the number of staff and the multiplicity of theatres... Become, and, and plus, they get very good at doing it to a standard format. Yeah, you know, it's getting thicker and thicker. Yeah, as the war goes on. But as a footnote to all that, um, so, so time of arrival of prisoners at Euston, right? So it goes all the way through to them coming down to Euston yeah. from your side. But magnetic pistols, U thirty nine and U twenty seven attacks on HM, HM ships, unreliability of magnetic pistols. So, so there's key kind of operational information to yeah. know in kind of real time. And then the next thing, there's a ship arriving from the Baltic. I mean, it's... Magnetic I mean, pistols not working properly is something that, that haunts every navy in the world. <laughs> because it's a great technology, but it's fragile. But it's fragile, and, so, and it's sort of slightly being hustled into service before it's slightly uh, ready. Yes, yeah, there's elements of that as things accelerate. And what I find fascinating about this is, you, you, and we've got some volumes up, and you'll find Dunkirk or Sicily or anything, but you'll also see, you know... Um, Commander and captain need to be allocated to embargo control in Istanbul yeah. for right. the control of yes, raw materials yes, yes. and yeah. licensing. So I think the diary and the official histories, the thing that I find fascinating and essential about them is unlike most authors, they don't get to choose their topic. Most of us will follow something we're interested in. Right. These are much closer to reflecting the totality of the war, well, I mean, and all the paths not travelled, all the, all we think there's, you know, the things that we were worried about for a few days, then they don't come to pass, then they fall back out. But but the headings here for the 28th of September, 39, make your point. So, Humber Force composition, um, enemy flying boat, anti-aircraft training, fleet defence against aircraft, home forces, hum, and then Humber Force again, Northern Patrol, aircraft reconnaissance casualties, Western approaches, enemy... Um, uh, SM um, reported, one observed in the afternoon. So these, ship, so these are all the naval, naval commands? These are the headings, yeah. the Enemy UK, ships attacked, um, MV sinkings, foreign stations. And that's just, that's the 28th of September 1939. We know when things aren't really underway yet. Um, uh, it's incredible. And of course, by getting it all in, they're also looking to establish patterns. That's the key thing about yes, having this single linear run of information. Yep. And what you would have had is also, you'll see as the war goes on, there are more and more signals kind of interleaved. But there will also have been massive files of signals that you can then, if you're interested in something or you think it might indicate, you can then, that's your reference to go to a signal file to read the full story. Yes, Graf Spee is, the Graf Spee is here um, sort of as an addition. They think they've, SS Clements. 75, southeast of Pernambuco by gunfire raider Admiral Shear, And then someone's corrected it as the graph Because she went round in disguise. Yeah. Yeah, changing her identity. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and then handwritten in at 1430. I mean, this is, this is absolutely amazing. <laughs> well, that's just one volume from the start of the It's war. volume one, in fact. It's volume one. It's just one volume. You haven't got out one. of September 1939 <laughs> yet. A long way to go. So we're going to take a very brief break and return with more. Um, we, we, we pulled some volumes out kind of at random. Um, uh, but so just happened to be key just, moments in naval history in the Second moments, World War. Just the Bismarck and all that. Anyway, so we'll get, we'll get to those in a moment. Join us after the break. This week on Battleground. A former Special Forces operator reveals his team's dramatic infiltration of the Falkland Islands. 
we went in as a fighting patrol because we didn't know what we were going to hit. Mm. We didn't know what was on the ground. I had a pistol, an L-42 sniper weapon, and I had an AR-16. I mean, we had grenades, ammunition, magazines coming out far too heavy for a, a, a reconnaissance patrol. We just didn't know what we were going to hit. Once, we're, once that first mission was finished, we realised that, as with ops in Ireland that we'd done, the IRA or the Argentine were not behind every corner. Because that's what we, we thought, because we were going into sort of some delicate areas. Battleground, the Falklands War. Find a link in the episode notes or search Battleground wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Velux XC. Juvederm Velux XC is an ejectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Velux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Welcome back to We Have Ways of Making You Talk, Barnacle Edition, with me, um, Al Murray, James Holland, <laughs> and Steve Prince. And we've lowered our leaded uh, string deep into the fathom depths of the Naval very Archive. Good, very good. Oh, we, we, we should do this podcasting more often. Um, so what, 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 what did we pick out? We all... Well, we picked out Dynamo, didn't we? Yeah, there um, it is. There so it do, is. You want to have a, do you want to have a yes. peruse, Jim? So, so, so this is the bit. Well, the, no, it's not. But the thing is, you say we picked out Dynamo. We yep. didn't. We picked out... Volume 14. Volume 14, which is when Dynamo is happening. So it's also going to have new shoelaces needed in yes, Gibraltar um, uh, and so on. Yeah, so this... this I mean, basically, each of these volumes seems to cover kind of 10 days to two weeks, something like That's that. That's what we, we get into, <clears throat> yeah. So I this is the seventeenth to the thirty-first of May, nineteen forty. So seventeenth of May, you know, it's um, that's two days after um, Reynaud, the French Prime Minister, has yes, it's rung up Churchill and said we've lost the battle. Yes, it's the excrement <clears throat> in the um, air conditioning system uh, becoming acquainted with one another at this point. Yes, aren't they? Yes, basically. They are. Um, situation report: Home mining mines are still being cut and detonated in the Tyne area. And also in the Yarmouth area, and a magnetic mine in the Forth. Um, new cruisers, Fiji and 
Bonaventure are now in commission. Well, that's good news. And then there's uh, Low Countries, five refugee ships left Ostend at uh, 1,600 hours on the 17th. There's no further news of them yet. Norway, um, of course, that's still going mm. on. Yeah, yeah. Let's not, let me not forget. Yeah. Um, casualties, the Effingham grounded at 1750 on the 17th was badly holed and is a total loss. Gosh. Resolution hit by a bomb, slightly damaged. Convoy attacked. Three Hudson aircraft carried out a bombing attack on a convoy of seven ships with destroyer escort, 10 miles west of the Lister. What's the Effingham? Is she a frigate cruiser? She's a destroyer. Right, so we can't go, and look, we can't go and look her up because no. <laughs> she got pulped. Uh, <laughs> but, but there's also yeah. there's an air raid on Stavanger. Yeah. A successful air raid was carried out at 0145 on the 17th on Stavanger Aerodrome. One hangar and runway is being damaged. Blah, blah, blah. Wireless telegraphy intercepts showed that two groups of enemy aircraft estimated to number 30 aircraft were operating off the Norwegian coast. Then there's Iceland. The troop convoy arrived at Reykjavik at 1,200 hours on the 17th. Blah, blah, blah. So that's probably Canadians coming over yeah, at that stage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, of course. And then situation reports, foreign stations, radar, Italian situation, enemy air activity, precautions and the home commands, River Clyde, Clyde Home Security, cruisers at NOR, NOR obviously being a command, uh, Wick Airdrome, Wick obviously that's... Um, Wick and Drem, as yeah. the Wick Wick yeah. says, Scotland. Lowest off Jersey Airport. God, it's amazing. I mean, it, it, submarines. So there's all these different headings. We're still on you know, on page four. We're still on the, on the seventeenth. And so one of the things they definitely get into is you've got to, ha- you know, like most staff work, you've got to have a format. Yeah. However pressing <clears throat> any particular issue is, you've got to keep it in a format that will allow you to logically and easily find the information again. Yeah. Yeah, of course, and and d- dividing it up into sort of manageable uh, uh, portions, I suppose. Yep. Yes. I, I, I find this out. Operations the- Belgian Coast, Operations Dutch Warships. Dutch authorities, because don't forget Dutch are out by now. They're, they surrender yeah. on the 15th. Rotterdam's oh, on the 14th, yes, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, as early as that. Yep. Yeah, refugees. Of the 300,000 refugees the French wish to evacuate from Belgium, 100,000 will be brought to Folkestone and Southampton and 200,000 to French West Coast ports. Two railway steamers are already working from Zeebrugge and Ostend. I mean, this, it's just amazing, isn't it? So they're already kind of, you know, you're getting this picture of, of, of a navy that is already pretty stretched. You know, you've got home commands, commands you've, got, you've got Norway. And that's, I think because you've got Norway going simultaneously. Low countries. And- yeah, I mean, but this is all this is all around um, uh, the British Isles, isn't it? That uh, essentially at the moment we, we haven't got to the we so, got to so the rest Italy of the, hasn't the world ended picture. the war. Yeah, and, um, and just in case you haven't got enough to think about, Norway, Narvik, swordfish refueling. Swordfish may require refueling landing ground near Porsanger or Veranger fjords. Confirm that Bannock available. So that get on that Jenkins. You know, and here oh, we are. Nice, We're sir. still on the seventeenth. <laughs> Operations Dutch warships, Norway Narvik, AA defence, trawlers, enterprise, blah, blah, blah. Here we are on another day. And, and I mean, this is in the middle another of page of it, the strategic earthquake. Yeah. So, ev- you know, all the things yes. that never came to pass in the First World War yeah. are coming to pass yeah. in real time for them. Yeah. Wow. There is a lot. I'm still on, I'm, you know, it's still like, on the 17th. It's like nine pages or something, eight, ten pages. Convoy attacked, MV hit, aircraft reports. Casualties and defects. So the casualties always at the end, aren't they? No, foreign stations, North Atlantic, South Atlantic. Yes. South Atlantic, Mediterranean. Holy yeah, moly. Here comes your bigger picture. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. American yeah. and West Indies, Australia, China. And that's the thing, you've got so many other theatres where you've got normal business going on and where yeah. you've got cold wars that could go hot yeah. any time. Yeah. So let's yeah. fast forward to the 26th. Um that is the launch. Well, in the afternoon is when Dynamo is put into action. Of course, nothing actually happens until the twenty seventh. Yeah, here we are. Here's the twenty sixth. Situation report. Dover and Portsmouth. Yeah. So don't forget this is uh, presumably this is all being written up at the time. So this hasn't. So yeah, almost we haven't gone bit, into Dynamo perhaps yet. Perhaps almost the closest thing is is like a newspaper. Yeah. So you're going to get it very slightly in yeah. the rear. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of real time most of the time. Yeah, so this is the end of the road for Calais on Sunday, the 26th of, of, of May. This is when the garrison there surrenders eventually. 
Operation, Operation Dynamo, Dynamo. But written in, in pen. You see that? So it's a correction. The the dynamo there is a is a correction. What, what's no, what's well, been no, weirdly, but what's but been the, crossed out? No they, dynamo. I can see it. And he's crossed it out. He's crossed out dynamo and then written dynamo in again. Yeah, yeah. And there's a. They keep doing. They it. Keep I don't doing know why? Because they've they they a wobble about There's a question mark about. Calling I mean, that. you know, real time. Maybe they're like, oh, I think it's called dynamo. Oh, I know what would have happened. They'd have. Yes, they'd have taken. They'd have put it in, and then that might not be the code name. So we're going to cross it out. And then it's been added in subsequently because it is Dynamo after So it's probably been confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's there's a thing happening in, Op- okay, in, so in as real time as it possibly could. To commence covering forces. Operation Dynamo is to commence Admiralty to VA Dover 1857 on the 26th. Yeah. So that's Ramsey VA Dover. Yes. It's Vice Admiral Dover. Yes. Because it was actually from, from the top. It, it was, um, yeah. 25 past 6 is when it was put in, yeah. So All available forces to be used. For covering operational di- Operation Dynamo tonight, Sunday. <laughs> and nor the, so the NOR Command, Admiralty to Commander-in-Chief, NOR Command, 1937. Operation Dynamo will be conducted by Vice Admiral Dover starting tonight, 26th. Very large number of small vessels required. But don't <laughs> forget, that hasn't, been, that hasn't been put out yet to the public. no. no. But that's what they're thinking they're going to need to do. That's what they're thinking they're going to yeah. do. Yeah. Because they haven't got the, um, they obviously they haven't got the, the East Mole at that point. Yeah. Which yeah. they can put. So the, the whole problem about Dynamo is how do you get the men onto the ships? Yes, it's the interface. So the, the, so the, exactly. So the whole point about the small ships is to shuttle the men yeah. from the beaches to the big ships. What transforms Dynamo is the discovery that, that there is this East Mole, which is this lattice work, wooden structure on concrete piles. I think it's concrete piles, um, stretching out three quarters of a mile out of the edge of the eastern side of the harbour entrance of of Dunkirk, because the main the main um, um, key sides and um, docks are all a mile or so inside Dunkirk town. Yeah. So this is the absolute outer perimeter bit. But on the top of this East Mole, there is this wooden walkway. And what is not not certain is whether you can actually... Come alongside. Come alongside. Yeah. Yes. Now, if I remember rightly, um, Bill Tennant gets summoned on that Sunday... And doesn't get out until around five o'clock on HMS Wolfhound on Monday the 27th, which is why there's only 7,669 evacuated on the Monday, because they're still shuttling them out of the beaches out of these little boats and lighters and that kind of thing and barges and and, and, and rowboats and lifeboats and this sort of thing. That is how they're shuttling people back and forth. But Tennant gets told about this soon after his arrival by about... I think it's about nine o'clock that night. Mm-hmm. Someone said, hang on a minute, this might work. And they get the, isn't it the bell of the channel or something like that? It's, well, a, it's, a, it's Jim, a, I, don't ask Steve, it's in the book. <laughs> well, look at the diary. Well, yeah. 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 It's it's the the yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, talking this, off this my This is the head. thing, is, is that... Is that so this is, this is really interesting, because this is Operations Dunkirk Evacuation of Non-Combatant Units of BEF. <laughs> well, they, yes, they're not fighting anymore. No. <laughs> they, they are non-combatant but, but this, is, this you can, If you follow this, so, so what you've got is you've got series of sentences and little paragraphs, all separate. So there is a line spacing between these paragraphs. And this is being added in as it's happening. So you have where the source is. So... Your 1922 re-hospital ship's requirements. No. Two others have passed me. This is a message from Vimy to Wolfhound 2055 on the 27th. So that is Wolfhound presumably going back again to to England. And so what you'll have is a lot of signals there which are being repeated to the Admiralty yeah. in order for them to have a, to create a picture overall of, yeah. situational yep. awareness. Absolutely. Yeah, this is absolutely amazing. I mean, Grafton and Polish destroyer to a closed beach at Lepan. So this, they're still closing onto the beach as close as they possibly can. Um, what I can't find is any mention about the about the discovery of the. But maybe that comes a little bit later. Well, when, so these digi- when these are digitized, when these are digitized, you'll be able to put mole well, in, and in the a idea, search string, exactly. and, and, and it'll just you know you'll go straight to enemy it. enemy intelligence. 
Unusual German wireless telegraphy activity together very wide German meteorological air reconnaissance may indicate an impending operation. So you see that everyone's very, very twitchy about invasions yeah. and landings. Well, which leads me to a question. Is there ultra stuff in here that's received... How does the ultra picture so, fi so fit into the war diary? Because this is only secret, you, if you're getting ultra, you are one. You're not getting it really at this stage of the war. No, no, it's no, no, no. Of course, I mean, of, of course not. But, 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 uh, you know. Uh, um, and then what you what you get is that the I think it's the line in the cruel. Yeah, Admiralty understands. Right. So you're getting reliable information, but without attribution. Right being filtered down. Right. And even within the Admiralty, there was a very, very tight yeah, yes. control. Yes, of course. But, 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 it, but at some point, you know, a, a, a thing like or, that yeah. has got, to be, has got yeah. to be part of the, the, so, the picture they're trying to create. Yeah. So you'll get Admiralty understands, usually reliable sources. And then, of course, as people were talking earlier on, you will start to get um, air reconnaissance. Yeah. But we know now that the, the a lot of that's it was being commissioned, done. Yeah. it was inspired in order to provide a plausible reason. Yeah. Yes, because the last thing you need is a ship's diary um, captured that's got Admiralty understands. The Germans think, well, how could they possibly know that yeah. unless they've... Um, Which is why the whole thing when the ship it. goes down is ditching the confidential books. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, books that dissolve and the lead weight, etc. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Churchill is very aware of this because he knows from the First World War where we captured, I think, yeah. by the Russians, some of the early yeah. German documents that had yeah. helped us into their signals. Yeah, although the... the Germans were well into naval signals. Anyway, Absolutely, it's a two-way street. Did, 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 did very yeah. well for the first couple of years of the war, didn't yeah. they? Which, mainly, mainly out of Norway. And, uh, yeah. uh, Which is one of the other reasons why the security, even if it meant you missed some opportunity, was so important, yeah. was our security was sufficient even when the Germans were inside many of our signal circuits. Yeah. There were not the clues there, the breadcrumbs, yeah. that would have made them think, hang on a minute, they must well, be listening in on us. And well. it eventually... We we're using what we know what we know they know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, to 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 use our busted systems to to direct the Germans to where we wanted them to go. Yeah, and you get that by 1943. You get ultra being used, sort of. Uh, I mean, it's a shadow sort game, of, isn't it? But, yes, but, but the, you the do, sort of baiting almost. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yes. You're directing U-boats to where you want them destroyed. Um, uh, which I which I think is. Sort of much more interesting. We know what they're going to do next, which is what, which is the popular conception of what's going on with Ultra. Yeah. You know, is that the, we know what they know is is more important in a way. Yeah. Um. Or what they we know what they know about us is the is the and it's the assurance that it's yes. giving commanders exactly. as they exactly. go forward. Exactly. You know that they are carefully calibrating their risks. Yeah. Actually, they've already loaded the dice in their favour. Yeah. Yeah. How are you getting on, Jim? Yeah, no, this is great because because what we're getting is we're getting messages. <laughs> we're getting messages. So, so first of all, to go back to the very beginning of the twenty seventh, you've got the situation report, and during the night, twenty sixth, twenty seventh, three thousand eight hundred troops of the BEF were embarked in small craft from the beaches of Dunkirk. A further fifteen thousand were to have been evacuated during the night of the twenty seventh, twenty eighth, but the situation deteriorated rapidly during the day. An evacuation continued under machine gun fire and air attack, about 10,300 more men being evacuated during the day. Well, as we know, there weren't. There was 7,669. Um, anyway, what you're getting is you're getting this sense of, of real... We're up the creek with, yeah. with very few paddles here. And then a little bit further on, it goes back to operations. This is page 604. Um, and, and there's a... And it's recording messages as they're coming in. And the key ones I'm looking out for here are SNO, um, Senior Naval Officer mm -hmm. uh, Dunkirk, who is Bill Tennant. So this yeah. is a guy who's arrived on, yeah. on, 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 on Wolfhand. And it's just absolutely fascinating. Arrived Dunkirk with, question mark, party via Zweedcote Pass, four-hour passage. Much dive bombing, only minor damage. Dunkirk burning fiercely. Further report after landing. So that's him at yeah. 1735. And we know he's just coming to port at that point. Then the next one is, please send every available craft east of Dunkirk immediately. Evacuation tomorrow night is problematical. So they're thinking, we're, we're really how much we're going to get. This is SNO Dunkirk, yeah. 1958. The next one is at five past eight. Port continually bombed all day and on fire. Embarkation possible only from beaches east of harbour. Send all ships and passenger ships there to anchor. I'm ordering Wolfhound to load there and sail. 
The next one is from Wolfhound, which is, is 9 o'clock. Wolfhound and Wolsey are evacuated from dawn. Um, but then it doesn't... Um, it doesn't... Uh, where's the next one? Because I'm looking for the comment from him saying we might have a glimmer. But you you get this real sense, don't you? I mean, this is the, the point. It's, it's that immediacy that we're... we're and so I'm what you like, Honestly, I'm, yeah. I'm really into this at the moment. I'm, I'm into this whole idea. I mean, with the casino book I'm working on at the moment, I'm going to try and use contemporary documents and diaries and letters rather than... I mean, I will use mm-hmm. post-war oral histories and things, but, but as little as possible. I want to keep it as much in the moment as I absolutely possibly can. Yeah. And I think that's what you get from, from something like this. It, 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 is, it is history as it is playing out, which is just, you sense the desperation coming off these pages, don't you? And why wouldn't you be desperate going into, I mean, if you're, if you're Bill Tennant and you've gone to the Admiralty, you're working at the Admiralty, and it says, oh, Bill, there you are. Good on you, chap. Um, I need you to go down to Dover, get on to Wolfhound, go to, go to Dunkirk. You're going to be SNO. Very well, sir. Thank you very much. You know, just must be thinking, yikes. Aren't you? I mean, and, and you get there, you're a captain. You know, which is a, it's a, is, what, what's it, what's that? Is that a colonel? It's a colonel. So a full colonel. It's a full colonel. Okay, but that's not a, that's not a massively high rank, is it? Well, the thing is, you've said, you no, know, offense, he, Steve, he had obviously. to almost pretty much create the SNO yeah. thing on his helmet. Yes, we try and give him more authority. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And the other thing you will find, of course, in the diary is there there are lots of errors and mistakes, some of which are corrected in pen, but we're not going to try and do any further correction rather than what they were doing. Well, because it's what they know at the time. Because this is the the primary source. Um, uh, And we're also going to have next to it a sort of uh, bibliographical essay. Yeah. So that people can think, right, if I'm really interested now in, in, you know, the sinking of Bismarck, here are the books that I can go and follow up on. Yeah, I mean, you know, what what is amazing is while while Dynamo is still going on, there's all this other stuff. Oh, hold on, here we are. So there's still these messages coming in from from SNO. That's one I'm I'm interested in. SNO Dunkirk to report every hour the number of men to be embarked from Dunkirk. If the older class destroyers and other vessels cannot compete with the situation, destroyers of all classes are to be used bringing the men off. DC O seven five four twenty eight to VA Dover. DC. Deputy Commander? I'm not... Obviously, Vice Admiral Dover. Yeah. No, no. Can't, don't know DC off Dover. I mean, that is, of course, yeah. Ramsey. Yes, it? that's Ramsey. As we, as we know. And, and what is plain is during the Dunkirk evacuation, there is a lot of debate between the senior naval officers about the allocation of destroyers. Yeah. One, because they're key, but also if you lose them, that's really going to be one of the difficulties carrying yeah. on afterwards. Yeah. As you... Because you think you've got a submarine war to fight. Or the possibility of invasion at this yeah, stage if yeah. most of the BF doesn't get off and you're into really congested, heavily mined waters. Yeah. Yeah. Senior officers at beach to use discretion in ordering withdrawal. Strong fighter protection expected after dawn. NOIC Dover to Calcutta, etc. Request air protection for embarkation now. SNO Dunkirk to Vice Admiral <laughs> Dover at 0430 on the 28th. Of May, because of course it'd be light then. Yes. Because of double. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, actually, it might not be because of double summertime, wouldn't it? Should. should but when he's asking, you know, he's going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to find another SNO. Fill up Calcutta with military and sell her for sheer ness. Fair enough. So Calcutta's a cruiser, I think, an anti aircraft cruiser. Yeah. Uh, on a Dunkirk beach, 7,000 men on a something dune for which I have no boats available. They are now in need of water which army cannot supply. Unlimited numbers are falling back on this area and the situation in present circumstances will shortly become desperate. I'm doing my best to keep you informed but shall be unable to report for hours. SNO Dunkirk 093528. I mean, uh, uh, there's... I'm surprised he's not... I mean, the only thing missing off the end of half of these messages is God save the king, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's it's absolutely incredible, and of course, there's all the stuff on Norway and the West Indies and Mediterranean, and and that's the thing in the Admiralty, you've got to balance off. Yeah, you know, a global set of activity. Yeah, right. So that's Dynamo. What, yes. What else have we got? What else have we got? You've got. Well, I've there, opened what, there. Yeah. Um, so you've got there a secret signal from May 41 back to the Admiralty from HMS Prince of Wales. 
Naval Cipher A by, by Wireless Telegraph. Okay. Immediate. Your 2317B25. Following brief account has been compiled from preliminary examination of records. Further scrutiny may disclose some minor inaccuracies. At 0535-24, HMS Hood and HMS Prince of Wales in close order, course 240 degrees, 28 knots, sighted enemy hull down on similar course bearing 335 degrees. Bismarck, astern, lighter ship. Within gun range, turns brought uh, enemy vessels. Uh, question mark, 241 degrees. HMS Hood ordered GIC and indicated lost left-hand ship make 70 OBI just before opening fire at 0553. Range approximately 25,000 yards. So this is the... This is this is it. This is, this it. is the Bismarck action, yes. HMS Prince of Wales opened fire at 0553 and a half. <laughs> so in other words, the guns go off. Oh, right, oh, yeah, we'll start firing too. German battleship Bismarck replied with extreme accuracy on HMS Hood. Second or third salvo straddled and fire broke out at HMS Hood in the vicinity of port after four-inch gun mounting. Lighter ship engaged HMS Prince of Wales. HMS Prince of Wales' opening salvo at Bismarck observed over. Sixth seen to straddle. At this time, HMS Prince of Wales had three 14-inch guns in action. Why turret would not bear? Fire and HMS Hood spread rapidly to get to main mast. Um, a turn of two blue opened an arc at HMS Prince of Wales ninth salvo, and HMS Hood had a further two blue flying. What, what's a blue? What's blue flying? You got me there again. This is terrible. I need to. Well, no, this, yeah. I mean, you know, because we're, we're sort of under the hood here, aren't we? Yes. Uh, uh, further two blue flying when she was straddled again. I trust and my at, wife. And at 0600, a huge explosion occurred between after funnel and main mast. She sank in three to four minutes. COHMS Prince of Wales saw whole instant. I mean, eight. three to four minutes, that's just going straight down, isn't it? Yeah. That's breaking up and going going right down. HMS Hood had fired five or six salvos, but fall of shots was not seen possibly because of progress coinciding with firing at HMS Prince of Wales guns. HMS Prince of Wales starboard 5.25-inch battery was now in action. Course had to be altered to starboard to avoid remains of HMS Hood. Meanwhile, Bismarck shifted main and secondary argument fire quickly and accurately to HMS Prince of Wales. Heavy, a heavy hit was felt almost immediately. An 0602 compass platform was hit. And majority of personnel killed. Navigation officer was wounded, CO unhurt. God, good Lord. Some salvo put both forward 5.25 directors out of action. Considered expedient to break off action and consolidate position and ship after being manoeuvred round remains of HMS Hood, turned away behind a smoke screen. Why turret fired in local during turn as smoke blanked after direction. Enemy followed but turned away after a few salvos. HMS Prince of Wales fired 18 main armament salvos and three from secondary armament. Target was crossed and recrossed and three straddles observed. No hits seen. Gosh. So that's in 37 minutes or something. Yeah, it's a pretty it? intensive action. It's 0535 to 0602. That, that's, um, that's a very intense... And only three survivors from Hood. Yeah. Yep. How many survivors from Bismarck? It's, uh, it's not many in the end. Um, I think 80, 90, something like that. I'll have to check. Search. For, and then the next page, Home Commands, Operations, Search for Bismarck and Prince Eugen. Continued. And it's interesting. They've now identified that she's Prince Eugen rather yeah. than lighter ship. Yeah. So there, yes, you've got most secret instead of top secret. From this first Sea Lord to the Naval Mission Washington. Aircraft from Ark Royal made contact. Gosh, so the, the, whole, the whole thing. Oh, there it is, is it? What does it say about the Bismarck? Oh, I'm, get, I'm getting there. Eight, Dawn Air Torpedo attack by Ark Royal, cancelled by bad visibility. Gosh, then more pages of... Here we go. Yes. After most successful torpedo boat attacks... Uh, to, uh, torpedo attacks by aircraft from HMS Ark Royal in evening of May 26, which evidently put Bismarck's steering gear out of action. She was shadowed most effectively and attacked with torpedo by 4th DF during the night. HMS King George V and HMS Rodney were manoeuvred to make dawn attack, but uncertain visibility necessitated waiting full light. From 0848 to, to 1020, Bismarck was engaged by both battleships and kept under heavy fire at ranges down to 3300, repeat 3300. HMS Norfolk, after flanking, 
Marking joined in towards the end, heavily damaged and with no guns left firing, Bismarck finally had to be sunk by HMS Dorsetshire firing torpedoes at close range. No casualties or damage to capital ships or cruisers. A few casualties and slight damage. In HMS Cossack and HMS Zulu, one man lost overboard from HMS Seek. So two very one-sided actions. Yeah. Rapidly after each yeah. other. Gosh. That's the that's the signal saying what's what's happened. That's not even that's not even the war diary, is it? That's no, no, that's paper. absolutely sort of hot in from the pink, admiral on pink paper. The yes. message in front must of must be here. serious. Yeah, my goodness. Whereabouts of Prince Eugen unknown, but possible that she will pass southwards through area of U.S. operations. Wow. And again, interesting U.S. operations, and this is May forty one. Oh yeah, yes, yes, of course, yeah. Yep. Yeah, there are no U.S. operations. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely that. I mean, the, I mean, that's reading the telegram is the, is the dramas in the right there in yep. the account, isn't it? Well, again, it's a, it's a it's complete moment, immediacy. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, and then what a trove! It's just what incredible. A tr- I mean, truly amazing. And the main thing is to get it from a trove to being just available to everybody now. Well, that's it. From two volumes to to a thing that's digitally available to people is a, that's a heck of a leap for a sort of piece of information isn't it it is it, uh, and it's interesting it just shows what you can now do yeah yeah um yeah. which is just brilliant because then you've got you know so many more people who can access it yeah i wouldn't mind another deep dive on the dynamo stuff i'm just getting started <laughs> well i'll go do my show and you stay here it's <laughs> 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 absolutely amazing steve isn't yeah it? thank you steve no, well pleasure. um well, what a thing. And we're going to have to come back, I think, and do, do some more, aren't we, Jim? Yeah, think? probably. Because th- we've, we've got five volumes out of this. <laughs> and we I didn't mean, even, even do... We only did three. 203. <laughs> and in, a, and in the, the vastest archive of... Uh, and we only did three of them. We only looked at three yeah, of them. We only did three of them. Yeah, I know. There we go. Anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, Shivia Timbers, I think the... Uh, uh, we passed... What is it? We spliced the main brace now? Is that what yeah, we do? Yeah, spliced the main brace. Something like I that. I think you have to go on first. Oh, yeah, I yeah. do, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you again, Steve. We'll see you all soon. Bye-bye. Cheerio. Cheers.